Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. How can I help you? I just wanted to call and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is John Edward calling. So humbled that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much and good luck. Thank you. you you're the best. All because right. that's, you are All so right. right. You're right on the tee. You have not said nothing that I don't know anything about. Your colors are fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. I felt good tuning in. Uh, I just got good energy when the reminder of the show came across my profile. And uh, the fellow hosting it has had really great guests and good energy. And, you know, it it, it feels really good. Uh, May everybody's heart's desires uh, be divinely blessed. Good, good. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on your show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Tori, for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure. We could have done two hours, Michael, you know? (laughs) One more. Okay. 
Sue is going to be me. It is you, dear. 727.
blessed to meet some high-level psychics, and they really helped me understand what was going on. And my very first psychic reading, it was almost like I came home. You know, this is where it's at. This is the knowledge I was looking for. This is what I wasn't getting in school. This is what I wasn't getting in church. Uh, And I just ate it up. It just really, finally, something that completely made sense. And uh, the metaphysical uh, view of of reality of of, of our lives, uh, including reincarnation, just gave me uh, the structure that I needed to pull it all together. So it's uh, I love metaphysics. I love spirituality. Uh, the first time I, I came across this knowledge, it was uh, through the Theosophical Society. Uh, the book was called The Inner Life by Charles Ledbetter, a really old book. Uh, but uh, I was in a used bookstore, and that book literally jumped off the shelves and landed on my feet. And uh, it really helped me understand uh, the seven planes, uh, different beings, uh, the meaning of life, uh, a, a real living spirituality that I could really relate to. So uh, I just really love it. And uh, that's why one of the reasons I've devoted my life's work to promoting uh, this sort of knowledge, because Hopefully, it'll provide other people with that sense of meaning that it gave me. Is there any one particular uh, gift that you like using uh, more than others? Well, I think uh, when I – here's the way I do readings, especially on the radio uh, or on on the telephone. I really put all my focus and all my uh, attention on the sound of the person's voice. And when I'm listening to someone's voice, uh, my mind starts creating pictures and images. So I guess you could say uh, my primary mode is the clairvoyant. Uh, and uh, usually gives me kind of a, a vibe or a feeling of the person. And if they're asking a question, I do the same thing. I just focus all my energy on their question. Uh, my mind, the way it works, starts creating pictures and images. I start getting feelings and impressions. And, you know, it's quite an interesting language. I, I tell people that uh, the psychic language is almost like learning a, a new language. It's like learning a foreign language. And the language isn't simply words. It's uh, emotions, it's sensations, it's colors, sounds, smells, uh, feelings, uh, images, uh, which are metaphors, just like dream images. Uh, sometimes the images that come through are uh, literal images. They're interpreted literally. And other times they're symbolic, you know, just like a dream image might be. And so you have to work with the image and, and get the uh, – uh, get the divine the meaning out of it for the client, and uh, it's a very interesting thing to cultivate a relationship with that still small voice within. Because sometimes it is very still and very small. But I'm learning, even after doing this work for 20 years, to really listen to it because it's right 99% of the time. You there? Sorry about that. Yep, I'm here. I have my mic muted. I, I, I go to talk, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I gotta have <laughs> Just wanted to make sure we didn't lose the connection, Michael. Oh, no, definitely not. Uh, that's why I used to go ahead and I'd call the guests, uh, you know, save on long distance and all. But we have so much energy on this show, most of the time I'd lose the guest. So I found out it's easier when they go ahead to call in, and that I, I, I don't seem to lose them for some reason. Hmm. 
Yeah, there is a lot of energy uh, here with the two of us. Um, yeah, I feel comfortable with you too, Michael. I, I feel like we probably have some sort of a soul connection or a spiritual connection, past life connection, uh, something like that, because I really do feel quite comfortable with you. Makes well, good. for a good show. Oh, yes. And I've got some people that live in the Cincinnati area, and they're talking about the Expo. And uh, I told them, I said, yeah, we'll be talking about that. So you want to tell us a little bit about the Expo? Absolutely. Um, I've been producing the Victory of Light Expo, which is Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati's largest metaphysical, paranormal, and holistic convention for the general public since 1992. So I'll be ce- celebrating my 20-year anniversary in 2012, which I think is really auspicious and a cool coincidence. Uh, and uh, it really meets uh, a lot of needs for our community. It's attended by, you know, three to 4,000 people over the weekend, and uh, we offer 50 free seminars throughout the weekend. People can attend, and they could learn to develop their own psychic abilities, learn about, about their past lives, or a, very, uh, a lot of aspects of holistic healing, uh, channeling, uh, everything, you know, body, mind, and spirit. And we've got a lot of psychics there, a lot of healers, a lot of shopping, uh, live music, uh, uh, and entertainment. So it's it's quite a fun event. You know, a lot of times people come and you walk into the convention center, it takes up the entire convention center, and, uh, you know, you just feel the energy. It's just really, uh, it's almost like a big spiritual party. And you could uh, be having a bad day and walk into that expo and spend uh, just a few minutes there and your vibration just shoots right up and uh, so a lot of the psychics that do the show and who've been with me all these 20 years to them uh, a lot of them say this it's their favorite thing to do all year it's like a party so it's it's a good time i'm really honored to uh to be doing it it makes me wish i was up in that area Mm Mhm. yeah do you have anything like that down in uh florida uh we've got one coming up in november but it's going to be in the fort lauderdale area oh okay so there hasn't been too many in my area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh, uh, story of how I started doing the Victory Light Ex- Expo. Uh, a psychic came into my store. She was visiting from out of town, and we were just talking, and she got a psychic flash about uh, she just said, you should do a psychic fair. And uh, the idea had never crossed my mind for an instant. I, I, uh, and when she said it, uh you know, sometimes you'll hear something and it plants a seed and, you know, it starts as, you know, just well, that short phrase, you should do a psychic fair, but it had a lot of energy behind it. And uh, uh, within a couple months, I had my first show. It was a big hit. Uh, great energy. A lot of angelic energy in the space. And, you know, Michael, I'll never forget that very first show. Uh uh, it was about mid-afternoon, uh, the first day of the show, and uh, I saw this big angel in the center of the room, and it was just, you know, undulating waves of energy, and people were so blissed out. You know that uh, spiritual bliss where you just almost can't move, you just feel so good, you don't want to move, yep. you're just so relaxed, and uh, that was just filling the room, and uh, I'll never forget how how wonderful that was and uh you know i think that energy of that angel has been uh sustaining my show for the next 20 years it's just so funny how 20 years can go go by so fast and uh you know just from that little chance meeting 
at the bookstore I used to have with this psychic from out of town uh, planting a seed, and 20 years later, it's still going strong. It's, it's a lot of a lot of energy. A lot of good things have happened over the last 20 years. Well, good, and uh, hopefully we'll have you'll have more than uh, 20 more to go. <laughs> That's a scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, they're going to be a lot of fun. It helps a lot of people out, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's fantastic. It's a, it's a big spiritual celebration. So uh, it's quite a good thing. So, uh, you know, because I know you're the, orga- you're the organizer of it still? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. So do you actually still uh, have time to actually do readings when you're there? Well, I don't do readings while I'm there because uh, – you know, I'm the guy that keeps everything going, but I do an Ask a Psychic seminar Sunday at 2 p.m. at the show, and it's free for people to attend. They usually have, uh, oh, two to 200 people, 200 to 250 people is what I meant to say, attending my lecture, and it's uh, just spontaneous readings for people in the crowd. People raise their hands. I'll I'll call on somebody, and uh, they'll ask their question and I'll and I'll answer it. And some of those experiences just during that session are really exciting and fun. Some uh, you know little miracles can happen even in even in just in a couple minutes. Um, and it, it, the the neat thing about it is uh, there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of laughter, there's a lot of tears. You know, so, you know the whole thing about uh, connecting with people and helping them with their problems or connect with loved ones and things like that. There's just a lot of uh, uh, it's 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 fun, and I like it because it's spontaneous. I don't have to plan anything in advance, and it's just a great way of connecting with the public. So that's one thing I really love. It's it's just fun. So do you do uh, you had a you were saying you had a, a metaphysical business at one time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a store do called Victory Books. Uh, I started that in nineteen uh, late nineteen eighty nine. I uh, had that till 1999, and uh, started the shows in '92. You know, when I look back, I think, how the heck, Victor, did you do all that? But uh, uh, eventually, um, closed the store and started doing the readings, uh, which I had been doing for a few years, and, and just focusing on the expo. And even though I'm still a busy guy, I'm not quite as busy as I was when I had that store. So uh, life got a little easier. So what's it like? Because um, I know you're a regular also on the View. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it like? Uh, are they are they real easy to talk to on there? Well, that show is a huge production. It's 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 very exciting, and uh, they're easy to talk to. I'll tell you what, though, it's uh, a lot of the conversation isn't quite as spontaneous as they make it look on TV. I mean, there are teleprompters and. You know they're glancing over the teleprompters, but they're such pros that they uh, they they do it as if it's a completely spontaneous conversation. But uh, I was uh, interviewed by Joy Behar and Star Jones, and uh, uh, they're very real and very good people. It's quite a production, okay. though. I'll tell you when you're when you're there, uh, just like when you're on any TV show. Uh, things tend to move very fast. It's very impressive to watch all the machinery behind the scenes at work. And did you ever have uh, spirits uh, coming through, you know, when they're trying to do the show, and it's like, oh, yep, we got a visitor here. 
Oh, once in a while, yeah. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, uh, on The View, I was reporting on a haunted house that I'd investigated, and I was on with the uh, owners of the house, and uh, that was very interesting. I, I do a lot of haunted house work. Uh, there's actually a neighborhood near Cincinnati. It's uh, Hamilton, Ohio. The neighborhood's called Dayton Lane. It's uh, it's a neighborhood of old mansions from the uh, industrial uh, wealthy industrialists who used to uh, have factories uh, in in that part of town. And uh, the uh, neighborhood association uh, asked me to do an investigation of several of the mansions there. I think I've investigated over a dozen of them. And uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. I love going through old houses, feeling the energies, seeing whether there might be active hauntings there, as well as picking up on the residual energy of what took place in the house over the years. And uh, um, after I did those investigations, they did a uh, they do an annual ghost walk now. Uh, based on uh, what I found out. And a lot of uh, the information I gave them was uh, collaborated through historic record and, you know, through uh, uh, things they discovered in houses during renovations. And that is so exciting because you get to really experience what people used to, how they used to live, how they used to think, some of the important events that took place in their lives. Uh, and so, you know, haunted housework is one of the things that I really like to do. It's just a lot of fun. Now, have you actually seen, um, you know, spirits? How do you how do you see them when you communicate? Do you see them like, you know, uh, seeing a real person or? Most of the time, I see them in my mind's eye. Uh, and, but once in a while, I will see them actually with my physical eyes. Uh, one of the last houses that I did there, um, I, I uh, when I'm on my way to do an investigation like that, I don't know if you do this, but I, I go into a meditative state and through, you know, breathing and, and um, visualizations I do, I put myself in the zone. Is what kind of what I call it. I put myself in a zone where I'm really. Uh, you know, have my psychic uh, antenna up where, where, I'm, where I'm ready to do the investigation. I'm, I'm just completely ready energetically. And this, I opened the front door of the house and uh, walked in, and right there was uh, an orb of a boy ghost right there playing on the living room floor. It was uh, the first thing I saw when I walked into the house. It was just very exciting because... Uh, I uh, got to see the, that orb fly around, and right away I could tell it was a really sweet boy and a really nice energy. And uh, as I walked around the house, I felt uh, spirits throughout the house. I uh, got some of the letters, some of the names. Uh, when I walked into the owner's uh, bedroom, uh, they had a walk-in closet off the bedroom, and I walked in there, and I uh, very vividly saw in my mind's eye uh, a heart, and it was, you know, the organ, a heart, you know, the way you'd see it anatomically. And I said, you know, I see a heart. Uh, and it's, I said it was the organ, the heart. You know, sometimes if you see the heart-shaped heart, that means love and affection. But if you see the organ, it's uh, got a little bit of a different meaning. And I told her what I said, and I said, well, she said, well, do you know what I do for a living? I'm a, uh, a nurse in, in the uh, – and I do cardiac surgeries, so she actually works with the you know anatomical heart every day 
on her job. So that was cool how that image just popped in very vividly. And uh, you oh, wow. know, another another cool thing, Michael, is you know once in a while you'll tune into a ghost, and these are really you know good people, and uh, I feel like uh, we even become friends. You know, we get to know each other, and uh, once I tune into a ghost and feel its presence, and if that presence feels comfortable with me. Uh, it will come around, and we will connect at some point during the investigation. And that ghost will provide me with the information that I'm looking for, uh, what happened there, if I have questions about certain things that I've sensed and didn't quite know precisely what was going on, they'll give me that information. And, you know, what's really exciting about this work is certain ghosts will have a real strong affinity to certain people and certain psychics. You know, they they will be drawn to someone because that person will have uh, certain interests that perhaps they had during their lives. You know, and I teach classes, too, and the classes that I teach are held in an old haunted house. And... Uh, it's uh, actually a, um, a school. It's called the Baker Hunt Art and Cultural Center, and it was the foundation set up by somebody named Margareta Baker Hunt. And last summer, I taught a, gla- a class there at the school on ghosts and hauntings, and her spirit uh, manifested in my classroom uh, several times during the class. And she really liked a certain person that was a student in the class named Richard. And uh, the reason she liked him so much is because both of them had a great love for children. And uh, I think he was actually raising foster kids. And a big part of her work in setting up the foundation was so that the neighborhood kids had a place to go to school. uh, And if uh, they didn't have the money, they didn't have to pay for it. And so uh, when she manifested, I saw her standing right behind Richard and she was surrounded by um, roses that took the form of a heart. And so I could tell that uh, she really loved this uh, student of mine. And uh, he felt her presence. He was actually a paranormal investigator. It was a very powerful experience. Here in Cincinnati, we have a lot of Civil War history. Uh, Kentucky is, I'm, I'm right here on the Ohio River, and Kentucky is just a stone's throw away. I could actually see it from my home because I have a house on a hill overlooking the city and I could see uh, Kentucky. And Kentucky, of course, was a neutral state during the Civil War. And there's a lot of awesome uh, history of the Civil War era in this region. Uh, And, of course, of the Underground Railroad where a lot of slaves would uh, find freedom as they Uh, traveled north from the southern states during the Civil War. And a lot of times when I'm investigating old houses right in the the old uh, neighborhoods, right on the river, I will see ghosts of some of the slaves and and ghosts even of some of the famous historic characters that had a major role to play in Cincinnati's history and in the history of the Civil War. So that is really awesome. I feel really privileged to be able to teach my classes in a house that goes back to the uh, mid-1800s, and uh, 
was there during that entire Civil War time period. So uh, it's quite a, a, a luscious experience uh, for me as a psychic to be able to see and sense these presences and and uh, see what life was like uh, in earlier times. So uh, I learn a lot about history in somewhat of a direct way by doing these investigations. And, you know, history does come alive. It's, it's really, uh, you know, I feel humbled by by these experiences because they're so rich and uh it's it's one of the neat things about being a psychic yeah it's very interesting when you walk by the old buildings and you can you know you look, take a double look sometimes and it's like okay was somebody just standing there in the windows and mm-hmm. you, know, you see them standing you see them you know standing or sitting on you know on their porches or the balconies and just enjoying you know like they're still you know living there like they're still alive, exactly doing what yep. they've uh, always done. Yeah, so that's uh, that's very special. Uh, you know, it's really cool when you walk by a house and you can tell it's haunted because it usually feels like the house is kind of checking you out. It's, you know, yep. it's kind of like it's alive and looking at you as you're walking by. And uh, usually the ghost can tell if you're a sensitive person and if you can see them and, and sense them. And, you know, some, some of the ghosts like it and some of them do not. You know, if they could tell you could see them, sometimes they'll disappear. Others will interact with you. So it's quite a interesting dynamic exchange. Uh, it, and also it's really cool how some places are so psychically charged that walking into these buildings, it's, it's uh, you know, like walking into electric, electricity. You know, every room has such a strong and unique energy and as you walk through the house you could just feel all the vivid energies from room to room from floor to floor uh very exciting and once in a while the ghosts will follow you home <laughs> but usually not for long yeah they just want to come by and say oh, okay you know this is where you live at <laughs> yeah i had one uh that st- stuck around for uh three nights she was calling my name she would, uh, I'd hear footsteps every single night up on my rooftop, uh, keeping me awake all night long. And I was uh, glad when she left after the third day. Finally got a good night's sleep. Yeah, I can imagine at that point. You'd be like, okay, <laughs> please leave me alone for a while. <laughs> you know, I find a... mm, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to uh, say, someone in the chat room wanted to know about tarot cards and your your feeling about using them. I think tarot cards, just like any tool, uh, uh, I, I, I think it can help uh, give you a point of focus. And the good tarot readers are not interpreting the cards by the meaning in the books. Uh, they're using the images in the cards to stimulate their own intuition, their feelings. And so the cards become somewhat of a portal uh, into um, the psychic realms. And a lot of times when you're doing a reading, and if you are using cards, and usually I do use, do a, I do a six-card short spread when I'm doing readings, because usually my readings are just about uh, all clairvoyant. But I find that the cards will often provide a a different viewpoint. You know, sometimes they'll validate what I'm picking up on through my psychic abilities, and sometimes they will add new information. And uh, the good readers are the ones that use the cards as a portal 
to their own intuition, their own uh, inner clairvoyance, and the meanings of the cards can then uh, be very different from reading to reading. So okay. I see nothing want, wrong no. with tarot cards at all. Okay. They wanted to know if um, you know they can block your abilities at all. If the tarot cards can block your abilities? Yeah. I, I think we I, already I, answered that when it says no, you can enhance them. I yeah, I don't uh I don't think they would block your abilities. Um uh, of course sometimes if that's what you're used to doing, uh it's occasionally uh you know, a psychic as they develop their abilities, they need to leave uh, a certain technique behind as they uh, move on to other techniques. You know, I, I'm sure it's uh, the same for you, Michael, as, as you develop your abilities. Uh, you uh, start uh, doing readings in a certain way, for example, using cards. And then, you know, in my case, that's how I started, not with tarot cards, but with a different set of cards called Shusta cards, S H U S T A H. Not a well known. Um, deck but uh that's how i started and a friend of mine just gave me a deck and i just started playing with it because uh, you know that's what i had and in order to become a good card reading you've got to do a good card reader you have to do lots and lots of readings and you've got uh almost uh you know leaf through the books like the book about the cards you know exploring the meanings until you develop a really good feeling about the cards and then uh, you can put the big book behind. You don't need it anymore uh, because you've developed a relationship with the cards. They've become animated in a certain way, and then they become a portal to your own psychic abilities. And uh, so uh, now that's uh, before I started working with the Schuster cards. I'd been attending a meditation group for several years, and my psychic ability started really uh, growing. And at that point in time, I did not know how to turn those abilities on or off at will. So uh, occasionally I would uh, say things to people. I'd be channeling, and I wouldn't really remember what I said. It's just kind of I I surrendered to, I guess, the message. And, uh, you know, I'd be looking at that person, and they'd have this shocked look on their face with their jaw hanging down to the floor. I wouldn't remember what I said. And, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the ways that it started. But as I developed and practiced, I was able to turn those abilities on and off. Uh, you know, uh, if you're doing this work professionally, obviously you have to be able to turn it on. And uh, there are times when you want to kind of turn the dial down because, you know, when it comes down to it comes to picking up on the energies around you, certainly in crowds or in certain environments, you don't want to be completely open. Otherwise, it can be overwhelming. And, uh, you know, so that's one of the things that really need to be developed by somebody who's working as a psychic is the ability to uh, amplify those abilities and to turn them down uh, when you need to. Uh, after I became really good with the cards, you know, one day um, I shook somebody's hand. You know, it was kind of one of those, you know, hi, how are you? Shook hands, and I got some uh, very vivid images in my mind's eye uh, from that connection, hand to hand. 
And I asked my friend, you know, I asked, I, I saw a house, I saw his childhood home, I saw a, a home in the country, I saw, saw a strawberry field, I saw a fence, I saw the road, I described it, I said, Did, is this by chance a, a house that you grew up in? And, and he said, yes, that's exactly what it looked like. And when that happened, and it happened spontaneously, I didn't try to make it happen, but that was my first experience with psychometry. And so I realized, oh, well, let's experiment with this a little bit. And I started doing readings where I would actually be holding somebody's hand or moving my fingers up along their palm. And uh, as I touched different parts of the palm, I'd get different sorts of uh, images in my mind's eye that I would then, you know, have validated by them. And then I started using psychometry for my primary reading mode uh, for a couple of years. And then I took um, classes in psychic development. And during one of the classes I took, the instructor was John Friedlander. Uh, from Michigan. He's uh, from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, during one of his classes, my clairvoyance really kicked in. And uh, the way it worked for me was uh, I'd be looking at somebody, and if I would focus my attention on the space around their physical body uh, I, and you know, start scanning that space, their energy field, I would start getting images in my mind's eye. And uh, so that's when I started doing uh, aura readings or clairvoyant readings. And so, you know, uh, the, the way you do readings evolves over time. And a lot of times you don't know whether you can do something or whether something will work until you dive in and give it a try. You know, the, I remember the very first time I was on the radio uh, doing readings, uh, call-in readings. I had no idea whether I could do it or not. But I was invited to be on the radio by uh, by uh, somebody who had a show here locally, and he wanted to take some call-in call in questions. So I would do uh, interpret, uh, uh, get, get the answers for the callers uh, through my uh, clairvoyance. Uh, my friend, a tarot reader, would get throw a little short three-card spread uh, to get his answers for that reader, and... Interestingly enough, the, the host of the show used an eight ball. And for that particular show, every single question, all three of those methods matched up. So it was really fun, and we had such a good time. So, you know, anything can be a tool. Uh, there are thousands of divination techniques. Uh, there's aromancy, where you can look at the sky, look at the clouds, look at birds fl uh, flying by. Uh, it's, I really believe in the phrase, ask and you shall receive. If you really want to know something, the universe tends to be very generous with information. And I remember I, I had a couple uh, people come to visit me, and one of them I'd never met before. They were hanging around in my yard, and I was just wondering about this new person. I was wondering what their zodiac sign was because I was really getting into astrology at that time. And I, I didn't ask, but I kind of held the question in my mind and waited for an answer. And I was looking up at the sky, and uh, two birds were flying overhead, and they formed the uh, Gemini symbol uh, with their wings. And just I blurted out of my mouth, Gemini. And I said, you're a Gemini, aren't you? And he said, 
Yes, I am. How'd you know? It's like a little birdie told me. So it was. It's cool how it can happen. Uh, you know, there's flame readings, there's smoke readings. You can read bones, sticks, the I Ching. It doesn't really matter if if the the universe is always providing answers if you know how to look. And uh, the, uh, an individual, all of us, we're we're always projecting what we are. Uh, you know, our energy fields are doing amazing things all the time. And for sensitive people, they can read the energies in somebody's energy field and, and get information for them if, if, if they want to. Yeah, I find it interesting how uh, the different energies, I mean, you can find out so much about people. So it's definitely interesting, the different ways we receive the messages. It really is very interesting, you know, uh, and I think we all get messages uh, with dreams. You know, my mother uh, would call me once in a while, and, you know, she'd have a, a very vivid dream, and she had this uh, very profound dream of um, it was something like God coming down out of the sky and just shaking up her world, uh, and, and it was just kind of one of those big dreams that you don't forget. And, you know, she called me and, you know, I said, you know, uh, what is, she asked me what that meant. And I said, you know, Mom, I think something really big's going to happen to you, something very life-changing. And within a few months, my dad died, you know, her husband. And uh, it, that certainly shook up her world. And, uh, you know, so she was forewarned of that. Um, actually, uh, a psychic had actually told her that uh, she would outlive him and that, uh, ended up uh, coming true. That was a psychic that uh, used to work in my store with me. And uh, and then she uh, started having declining health. Uh, she developed Parkinson's, and she had another one of those dreams. And uh, in, in that dream, she started sliding down this long hole and uh, couldn't hang on. And indeed, shortly after that dream her health did take a, a turn for the worst uh and she's uh, doing better now but she's still got parkinson's and she's in a nursing home now um it's a tough thing but her dreams were kind of foretelling that and you know i think all of our dreams especially certain very vivid and powerful dreams that stay stick with you certainly are significant uh messages uh, for you so that you can prepare for upcoming changes in your life you know, the trick is just to um, go ahead and figure out how to interpret those uh, those dreams and messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it's uh, one of the good things about going to see a psychic uh, is uh, even for a psychic person like me, if there's a situation that I'm very emotionally involved in, for example, let's say I've got a new romantic interest and I, I really want it to work out, and uh, it's it's almost impossible to be objective, even for a psychic, because your desire for something to be a certain way can override the accuracy of the perceptions you're getting, because you don't really want to you don't want to hear what you don't want to hear. You know, you want it to work out so badly that you'll tend to ignore the signs that are telling you it won't. You know, we deceive ourselves so easily because we want things to be a certain way so badly that, you know, a lot of times we won't uh, see things accurately if we're emotionally too close to the situation. So, you know, even as a psychic, and you're probably this way as well, if I'm in a situation where I need um, uh, an objective point of view, I'll go get a reading. 
And you know what's really interesting about interesting about being a psychic? A lot of times, our readings are more accurate about subjects that we do not have a personal interest in. You know, for example, I'm not a big sports fanatic. You know, so I don't have a favorite team. You know, for example, you know, football team. Uh, I don't even know the names of all the teams and the cities they're from, but. If somebody asks me to predict the outcome of a football game because I really don't care one way or another who wins, I'm able to be much more accurate. And so, interestingly enough, because I don't care about football too much personally, my predictions tend to be extremely accurate when it comes to predicting winners of football games. Yeah, I get the same way, too. It's like, yeah, well, I think it's going to be them. And they're like, oh, no. It's like, well, that's what I'm getting. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, if you've got a favorite team and you really want them to win, that that biases, that creates a bias. And you'll tend to, uh, it'll skew you a little bit. You know, so it's sometimes helpful not to have any information, not to know somebody very well, not to know anything, not to have done any research in advance, so that you can really read the energies objectively. So I think that's pretty interesting. I think it says a lot about human psychology, too. Yeah, it's definitely hard when um, you're wanting some insight into a situation. It's like, nope, can't get it for myself. So, mm-hmm. And it is terrible. You know, I remember when you know when I was single and dating, and it's like, okay, they're like, oh, but, you know, I really like you. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I know some information about you that I'm not too crazy about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of kind of hard when you get that information. It's like, okay, do I trust it or do I not? And nine out of ten, ten times I went ahead and trusted information only to find out. It's like, yeah, I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I've uh, had the exact same experiences. And so now when I'm um, interacting with new people, and I recognize red flags, uh, I don't ignore them anymore because uh, I don't let my desire for a relationship or my desire to for this to work out uh, interfere as, as much as it used to. And I think some of that comes with age. Um, uh, but, yeah, red flags are being – you could just listen to the things somebody says and get the red flags that you need to – you know, warn you. And if you get a little bit of a warning, that doesn't mean you need to end the relationship right away, but it gives you an opportunity to protect yourself emotionally from being, you know, hurt uh, more because you know, you've had those little signals. And uh, and I think uh, it tends to, you know, it still hurts if it doesn't work out if you really want it to, but you can definitely say, well, you know, spirit was giving me the red flags and uh, it's better not to get into a relationship if there are too many of those flags. I think uh, the whole, uh, the whole uh, realm of human relationships and interactions are so fascinating because there's so much karma between people. And what I find when I do readings for people is that a lot of times two people come together there's a magnetic force pulling to them together, and they think that they're falling in love or that it's meant to be. But that magnetic force that's pulling them together is actually the magnetic force of karma 
pulling these two lives together so that they can work out unfinished business from past lives. And then uh, later on, they they may or may not realize that that's what it was. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, karma masquerades as feelings of love, so two people can indeed come together and do the work they were meant to do, uh, that they actually have an opportunity to do. Uh, again, you know, from a previous lifetime, as these stories continue lifetime to lifetime, uh, very fascinating. I just love the whole concept of past lives. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting concept. I need to have a past life done on me one day. Well, you do know you've had a lot of lifetimes in uh, religious service, uh, a priest. I see you as a priest. You probably know that about yourself. Um, I've heard that. Um, you know, somebody else was telling me that they saw me uh, doing that in past lives and uh, but actually, you know, to do a lot of past life regression, I've never done one of those yet. You've never done a past life regression? Well, you know, uh, it's such a powerful uh, experience, at least uh, it's been for me. Every time I've had a past life regression, you know, and because I, I tend to be very visual, visual, I tend to see things very visually. But the cool thing about a regression versus a past life reading is when you're having a past life regression, you're feeling all those emotions from that past life you know so uh you're re-experiencing uh some of the uh strong emotions and, and strong feelings from that past life whereas when you're getting a past life reading somebody's just telling you about it you're you aren't in quite a deep state of consciousness uh it's still very valuable information but it, it may not have quite the powerful emotional impact you know a lot of times during passive regressions you know you'll, you'll cry or you'll have just really profound realizations about yourself and the people that are still in your life from past lives and um, those regression experiences michael have been some of my most peak experiences that i've had in in this lifetime you know when you have a powerful passive regression you, you simply won't forget it i mean it, it just it just hits so close to the bone, you know, uh, it, it resonates so deeply that you know what you've experienced is there's something there, there's something very powerful about very powerful truth. And, uh, of course, uh, a lot of these things these days are moving more into the mainstream. So a lot of psychologists and hypnotherapists uh, have spontaneously uh, regressed their patients uh, uh, sometimes unintentionally, and uh, uh, just like uh, uh, what's his name, many lives, many masters. Uh, that book on uh, uh, re uh, regression. Uh, psychologist had some of his patients in hypnosis just uh, spontaneously regress, and a lot of those memories can be uh, hist uh, historically uh, verified. Uh, there's a a uh, psychologist named Marie Gates, who will be at the Victory of Light Expo this coming weekend. And uh, she's giving two lectures. The first lecture is called How I Found My Past Life Daughter. Uh, here is, this is a psychology professor from uh, a university up in Michigan. Uh, she goes to a hypnotherapist. She has a past life regression. She gets enough information to start doing uh, her own investigation of the facts. She travels east 
I believe it was Boston, and she does enough investigating to find the woman who in that past life was her daughter. Of course, now that daughter is quite elderly, and she is much younger, uh, but it's still her past life daughter, and she found her past life daughter, and uh, oh, wow. the, past, the past life daughter told her about her own death in that previous lifetime, where she died, how she died, who was there, and when she was hearing that from the daughter, the memories just very vividly just came right up and the emotions welled up. You know, there are so many instances of children who have uh, memory of their past lives. Uh, I think in the news recently, there was a little boy who remembered being a pilot in World War II. He knew all about the planes. He knew his name. He knew the name of the plane. He kept telling these stories to his parents. The parents started doing the research, and of course there are records of all the planes and all the pilots, and they found him. They found who their little boy was in the past life, and they got all the information, and it, the name of the plane that this boy was telling them about was the exact name the boy said it was, and his own name was what he said it was, and he died in exactly the way he said he did. And uh, it's always very, very fascinating when when things like this happen because it's incredulous, and it always causes us to question the nature of reality and the nature of our lives. Uh, it really puts our lives into a larger framework. Uh, and that larger framework is a type of enlightenment experience. It just causes you to really question, you know, what you've been thinking about as what reality is. And every time I've had a past life regression, every single time, my ideas about what life's all about, uh, the meaning of life, how the universe works, all of that changes profoundly with every regression. That's how powerful it is. You know, these are peak experiences. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to definitely do it because, um, you know, I had somebody before, you know, just like you were telling me that I was, um, you know, being uh, religious work and all, and uh, had somebody else, another uh, guest on uh, the Jameson Twins, actually, and they told me, they said they saw me as a Druid priest and, um, you know, a, a pagan or Wiccan high priest also. So it's like, well, that resonates with what I'm still doing now in this lifetime, so it's just be interesting to go back and actually, you know, experience it and to see exactly what else I've done, too. Well, I think that's interesting about you, Michael, because uh, I think you've had many lifetimes as a priest, because uh, the, the lifetime I'm seeing you is in ancient Greece, and uh, you're a priest in some of the temples. Uh, you know, if, uh, have you ever been to uh, Rome, for example, where uh, or, or ancient Greece, where you see the temples? Uh you were you were there, and you were going about your business. And one of the things that I noticed is that uh, you were just going about your business, uh, doing things uh, that a priest does. You know, ministering to the people. You know, taking a few uh, coins they would give you as tithes for your prayers and for the ceremonial where you 
work you did on their behalf. And I think you caught the attention of some of the uh, Roman guards, and so they kind of kept an eye on you. And I, I don't, you weren't doing anything wrong, but uh, uh, you were just going about your business. And I, and I don't think that you noticed that you were being spied on. And, you know, that whole uh, story uh, uh, can then unfold because you were probably persecuted for something and you didn't see it coming. And to me, even though, you know, you're obviously an old soul and you've had a lot of lifetimes as a priest, there is a, a degree of naivete uh, to your awareness um, uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, you'll do your work, you'll you'll do good work, you'll minister to the people, and you may not recognize that uh, there may be bad people around uh, who don't like what you're doing, even though what you're doing is very pure. Uh, so, you know, you may have been persecuted in previous lifetimes just for doing the work you did, uh, and uh, the wrong people, you caught the attention of the wrong people, and they just didn't like it, maybe because you were good at what you did or you had a following and they got jealous things like that so you know i do sense that there's a degree of naivete and uh and the way that works is if you've had many lifetimes as various priests that's a certain position in society that is kind of a go-between you know it's 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 an intermediary between the world of man and the world of the gods and so I think you're very comfortable in that realm because you've done that so many times. And here you are doing that as a psychic. You know, you're kind of uh, bridging those two worlds. Now, if you have a lot of lifetimes as a priest, sometimes that creates uh, a lopsidedness where you don't have a lot of other lifetimes doing a whole bunch of other things. So I think that um, you're extremely strongly developed in this psychic and spiritual realm, but you may not be quite as developed maybe in some of the other realms of life, you know, such as the more uh, down-to-earth, uh, practical, day-to-day -day areas of life. Can you relate to that? Yeah, for, uh, for the most part on there. and. Uh... In a way, too, on top of being a uh, psychic in it, there, I am also a non-denominational minister, too. Even in this lifetime, here you go again. See, yep. that's that's uh, that's who you are. You know, if you've done something like that throughout so many lifetimes, you know, there's uh, that's really the essence of what you are. And I think it's interesting that you have expressed that through so many cultures through so many different ways, you know, sometimes through a structured religion. Uh, right now you're in a non-denominational uh, uh, minister or reverend. Uh, you've got this a radio uh, show that you're doing, which is another kind of threshold career uh, where you're bringing guests in for other people to hear, you know, so you're kind of bridging worlds. It's kind of an interesting place. It's, it's a go between place. It's, it's a, it's one of those, uh, magical places, you know, uh, threshold places like the place between the woods and a clearing or the woods and, uh, a stream, you know, those, uh, those transitional 
edge places are very magical. Well, good. I'll have to see what opportunities are coming up for me and just go with the flow and enjoy this uh, this lifetime again. Now, uh, one thing I can tell about you is that you really love animals, you really love nature, you really love babies. Uh, all that stuff, I think, is, is a big part of uh, your essence because uh, I see uh, – you having a lot of lifetimes uh, in in the woods and nature, uh, and uh, the nature spirits, inc- and uh, Saint Francis, who's the patron saint of animals and children, uh, very very close to you. I, I bet you love uh, seeing uh, animals uh, in nature. You probably love seeing the birds and uh, oh yes, you know things like that. The, your your soul just delights. In that sort of thing. So if you're ever feeling blue, you know, go for a walk in nature, spend a little time on the on the beach, you know, watching the dolphins swim by and, you know, the birds fly by. And in no time, you'll just be imbued with an amazing spiritual energy. I also feel that you are a very creative soul. And uh, I hope you're doing some writing. Uh, it could be anything from poetry to just a very uh, loving little email or letter to somebody. Uh, you definitely have the spirit of a poet or an artist, somebody who, who can uh, be divinely inspired and channel or bring those divine messages into written form. I, I would think that you probably do that, and you delight in doing that. So I hope you are doing some writing and, and some creative expression in your life. Uh, yeah, I've been. Um, I have actually written a book about uh, 2012 and messages that I received and what's going on in the uh, you know with the world right now. So it's messages that I had received before. Uh, and I've had a lot of people telling me I need to write more. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, not only you know I hate when people say you need to because it kind of puts almost like a burden burdensome feeling on it. Like you know it's something you have to do as if you're not busy enough. But, you know, truly, I think what they really mean is that you would really love it if you gave yourself a chance to do it. I mean, I can tell that you're very inspired. I'm also sensing a male presence around you, Michael. Uh, he is right past, right behind your left shoulder. And uh, there are a couple of male beings there. Uh, one looks like a druid, so I think you might have a druid spirit guide. And then uh, another one reminds me of, uh, oh, a character like Walt Whitman or, or Mark Twain, smoking a pipe. He's got uh, he's sitting on the front porch. Uh, he's watching uh, the boats go by the river. Uh, he's uh, doing a little writing. Uh, very, very delightful. I also feel, Michael, that you have a refined sense of taste. I bet you like certain foods, and if something isn't prepared well, you're quite disappointed. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you've got somewhat of a, what's that called, gastronomy or, you know, gourmet, whatever. You know, you've got a lot of that. You expect food to be well prepared. And if you love it, uh, you know, you'll share it. You've got a strong maternal instinct. Uh, 
Do you have any kids or adopted any kids, anything like that? No, no. No, you know no, what, okay. Mike? Yeah, you know, Michael, I just think if you could have nieces, nephews, young people around at least once in a while or, or even dogs, you know, that'll fulfill that kind of maternal instinct. I think that that's something you love. Yeah, I do have a lot of delight. Uh, a good friend of mine, she's uh, she's got a two-year-old and expecting another one right now. And I actually saw both the children coming. So I feel like a you know, real close attachment to, uh, to her daughter. And uh, this other one here should be her son. So that, um, yeah, I do that feel daughter, like the, how, how old is that daughter now? She's going to be two in November. Uh, I bet you enjoy interacting with her. She's pretty special, and she's very psychic. Yeah. And I communicated with her during the whole pregnancy, so it was kind of interesting for that one. And you know what is interesting? That's one reason that little girl feels so close to you, because I think she felt those connections before she was born. You know, that that connection you, you made with her. Uh, I think uh, after she was born, I think she felt like, you know, here's Michael. I know this guy, you know, because you had yep. connected energetically before she was born. So she probably feels quite comfortable with you. She's quite a strong, bright little girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's definitely going to be a little healer, too. Mm-hmm. She, she reaches out to people who are sick, so. She's also a channeler. You know, out of the mouths of babes. Yep. Have you heard her say um, amazing things? Uh, nothing yet. Not yet. Well, keep listening. Because yeah, they they speak without really thinking. It's very spontaneous. So what comes out of kids is extremely pure. You know, there's no motive. It's just uh, it's it just is is pure uh, channeling. And I think you'll be quite amazed at what this little girl comes up with yeah it's going to be interesting because um she's actually irish so her family's uh, originally from ireland so it's going to be interesting uh knowing you know i'd been past lives a druid priest and and uh, getting to talk with her Mm-hmm. yeah and you said there's a boy on the way yep uh, yeah, I, saw I a do. boy coming and she told me she said oh no i'm not having anymore i said yeah you are and she just kind of she's like 12, 13 weeks pregnant. Wow. Well, uh, you know, I predict that boy is going to be a very successful businessman, very grounded, very down-to-earth, very stable. Um, good kid. It's going to be interesting for uh, business. To when, yeah, it's going to be interesting when he uh, comes around, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So do you want to take a couple of calls and see who else we can help? Sure, I'd love to. Okay. Hello, Misty. You're on the air. Hey. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for taking my call and doing a reading for me. Um, I wanted to tell you, too, that I find it extremely ironic that you mentioned the karma and the past lives. Um, I've kind of been dealing with a little bit of that and, you know, wondering where my path is and, you know, what direction I should go in. You know, there's people who have come in my life who I feel like are from my past lives, and it causes a little confusion. Yeah, why does that cause confusion, uh, Missy? Um, Because it's, um, 
more relationship-wise and um, being already in a relationship, it, um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, thinking that something is more than what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that. and it's the karma pulling you together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very powerful and magnetic force. Well, here's the feeling that I get uh, from you. I'm I'm getting a feeling that right now, just like uh, you know, during a chess game, uh, sometimes you need to be very very careful about your next move. And your timing mm-hmm. needs to be uh, impeccable. So uh, right now you're kind of in that waiting period, waiting until just the right time to make a move. But when you do actually make that move, I feel like it will be a uh, very positive move. And I'm getting the number 11, and I think that you'll probably make that move um, during the 11th month, which is November. Uh, and uh, I see good things ahead for you. I see happiness. I think you're a very down-to-earth person. I see prosperity uh, coming your way down the line. I'm seeing fantastic relationships. You're also a very perceptive individual. I think you've got a very fine mind. Uh, but I think also that... Uh, one of the things that I'm noticing about you, and this might be creating some confusion in your life, is you get bored easily, and you mm-hmm. might be feeling somewhat bored in your relationship at this particular time. And so you might need to introduce new experiences into this relationship because you like to be out and about. You don't want to be home all the time. You don't want the TV on all the time. You know, you kind of want things to be uh, more interesting because really what it comes down to it, I think you're a very curious person and you also have a desire for travel. Uh, You've got an ability to work very, very hard. I do see a past life that you had Uh, out west uh, and this was during the time period in which they were laying the railroad lines and so what you saw was a lot of people working very very hard taming the wild west Uh, I do feel that in that particular lifetime you were a woman I feel that you were married to a successful businessman somebody uh, quite wealthy and quite powerful Uh, and uh, you did do a lot of waiting uh, for the husband. You know, the the husband tends tends to make the moves, uh, be more of the proactive one. And uh, but you love to travel. So anything where you're traveling, anything where you're curious. I'm also feeling that somebody around you seems to have illness. It's uh, a possibly cancer. Uh, I feel that it might be in the Uh, reproductive uh, or lower abdominal uh, part of the body, Uh, and uh, um, it it might be somewhat uh, serious. Are you uh, consciously aware of anyone around you that does have somewhat of a serious illness? No, but... I did have a really strange dream um, recently, and it was about my husband, and he had actually said to me in the dream, it was very vivid, um, something was wrong with him, and um, he 
he asked me, he said, if I just died, you know, you would be okay, but because I'm sick, it was to the effect of, I don't remember exactly, but to the effect of, you know, now you feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. And so how did you interpret that? Um, Just like within my everyday life. Yeah, that um, sounds you know, almost just, like a, one of those literal dreams. I mean, um, it, it, I mean know, in my dream, it was like he was dying. Well, you're communicating with one another in the dream state, and you might be having a type of conversation that you wouldn't have in your waking life. Uh, right. And um, I think that was a, that's a powerful dream. Uh, well, obviously, what you'll want to do when you have a dream like that is, first of all, you'll want him to go have a complete physical and make sure that you rule out any serious illnesses. But another way to interpret that dream is that he might be fading out of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, really the relationship strange. might be diminishing. Right, and it's really strange because he's one of these people who I know would love me no matter what I was, who I was, regardless. But it's like I'm having so many changes within myself. Like, you know, I'm I'm curious, you know, about the spiritual, um, meditating, and you know, I'm I don't know. I I just I feel like I'm something, but I don't know what I am. Does that make sense? Well, I, uh, I think I think I think it makes sense because you're a very rich uh, and complex person, and you know, it, know thyself is is a very important rule. I think Plato said that, know thyself, and mm-hmm. it takes a long time to get to know oneself. Uh, uh, and I, I see another past life of yours, and it was indeed in uh, pre-Columbian. Um, uh, this would be Aztec or Mayan, uh, uh, you know, the pre-Columbian pottery. I guess that would be uh, uh, Central America or, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it would be Central America, Mexico. Uh, you know, you, you, you had a lifetime there. And another, another thing, that you're, you, you like to be out and about. You're just a very energetic, hardworking person, easily bored you need stimulation. You right. are social. You like people. Mm-hmm. You're curious about people. Uh, if you want to meet people and somebody says you can't, you won't be happy. Uh, you really, right. you know, want to meet more people. I think that that's uh, an essential uh, characteristic that you have. So you really do need to be social. And you know, you love music. You know, um, I was uh, telling Michael how nature to him is medicine. I think music to you is medicine. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're feeling blue, you might want to go see a, a musical performance. You know, there's nothing more healing than uh, hearing live music. You know, so if you, you might find a, a symphony concert or some other sort of live musical event, uh, you'll find that that always does wonders. And, you know, I really feel like um, your friends are important to you, but you tend to be somewhat disappointed. And I think that that's simply because of the boredom factor or wanting things to go a certain way. And when they they don't, you know, because people may not have the same 
plans uh, as you do or the same desires as you do, you tend to be somewhat disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, do Do you see how this other person plays into my life? If it's a karma, I mean, I've I've heard you know that it's a, a past life agreement, um, and that was it. I, I'm just not sure what this person is supposed to be to me in this lifetime. Well, let me tell you what I see, and this is uh, one of the reasons you're confused. Uh, you have a great deal of unconditional love for this person. Uh, do you feel that? Mm-hmm. Do you feel that welling up within you when you're around mm-hmm. this person? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the reason you have that is because you were uh, this person's daughter in a previous lifetime. And almost always when you see uh, a past life relationship of parent-child, there's going to be a really strong bond of attraction and unconditional love. And uh, because it's so strong and so natural uh, and, and, and so uh, pure, just like a, a child's love for a parent, uh, it can be confusing because you might be wondering where those feelings are coming from. And because he was your beloved father in a previous lifetime and you looked up to him so much, you know, I feel that uh, those strong feelings of love and longing are still alive within you because they're being triggered from that past life. And in that past life, he had to spend time away from home. He may have been in the military, for example, or had a career where he traveled and he was gone for long periods of time. And when when um, he was gone, you missed him terribly and you just counted down the days until he get home, until he got home. So, you know, the memory or the emotion of that longing is going to intensify the desire to be with this person. So I can certainly see why you're so confused by that mm-hmm. particular relationship. I also feel that this person is actually a very, very powerful person, but I mm-hmm. feel as if this person uh, is able to control that power so it isn't mm-hmm. misused. Uh, you know, this is somebody who has great power at his disposal, but it's used with finesse. You know what I mean? Does that and, make and sense? And they can control themselves. Exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to use all the power at their command. They're going to use just a little bit of it. And uh, uh, and uh, really, I think that one of the challenges in this situation that you're in, because we're weaving a little story about, you know, I guess this is your marriage and someone else, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we've got a little situation here. It's a little karmic situation. You're a little bored with your marriage. You've met somebody who was extremely important to you in a past life. The emotions are there, very powerful, very overwhelming. What do you do with them? The advice is to wait. You don't make a move yet. You simply wait and watch. And you're actually very observant. You're very clairvoyant. Do you know that? Yes, but I don't know how to use it. Well, I'll tell you how. how I know that sounds extremely confusing. I have been told that so many times, um, uh, but I have no clue how to use it. Well, I'll tell you how how it works for you. Uh, It's all about focus and attention. If you focus on something or someone and just put all your focus and attention on that person or on that situation, that's when you're 
clairvoyance kicks in and you start seeing things and understanding things. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've okay. got a mind that's able to focus in a very powerful way. And you're also, you also have one of those clairvoyant minds that creates a lot of pictures and images. So pay okay. attention to those. You know what I'm saying? And right. you'll be able to see past lives. But in this particular situation that you're in, with all the karma and all the past life emotions of longing and love combined with a sense of boredom in the marriage, uh, if you don't handle this carefully, it, it could potentially be uh, a combustible situation. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So be patient. Don't make a move at all. Uh, This will somehow resolve itself. Okay. And just because you have those feelings for this new person, that doesn't mean this person is, you know, destined to be your new love. Right. That may that probably exactly, or that the feelings mutual. I mean, there is some mutual affection. But it may not be with the, the the great degree of passion and longing and affection that you feel for this individual. Gotcha. So I would probably assume that this person isn't experiencing you in the exact same way that you're experiencing him. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I do. And it, yeah, and that way... It is indeed an exercise in self-control because if you give way to these emotions, you just may end up creating a big mess. So right. be patient and have self-control. And I wait. have one other question: do you do you see any of my past lives um, during war times? I, as a child, I had an extremely vivid dream of um, of, and it was like the same dream over and over of war. Um, but it was not a recent war. It was long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Uh, a, a, well, there's a couple of things that I'm noticing. Um, there is a connection with the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, you know who Napoleon is, of course. Mm-hmm. You might want to do a little um, research on that period of history, maybe a little bit about Napoleon. But I do feel that your connection with that time period isn't necessarily because you were a soldier involved in that war. I believe that in your case, you were a scholar in a previous lifetime who knew a great deal about the Napoleonic Wars. You may have been a history professor, for example, who specialized in Napoleon or that uh, period in history. Uh, And so, uh, there's a little confusion there because it's it's probably seems logical if that interest is there and the memories are there to conclude that you were a player in that and period in history, I, but instead you may like simply a, be a like scholar. I was like maybe like ten years old or so because I was you know I was there and I was about ten years old. And which which. Uh, uh, so what? what is this, a, a memory, a dream? How did you get this? It was a dream. I mean, I was a child, and I I was about 10 years old, and I was barefoot, and there was a field I was walking across, and it was hot. And I had other children with me, and we were trying to get somewhere. 
And it was almost like planes were coming or something was coming. Hmm, Michael, do you get anything on that? No, I'm not picking anything up on that one. Yeah, I don't really think it's uh I don't really see that as a past life memory. Okay. I think I think it's more of a sense of that dream I believe was communicating to you or reflecting the sense that you had perhaps at that time of being a little lost, a little confused, when am I going to get to the uh, my destination, when is this journey going to end? Again, it's obvious to me that one of the lessons in your lifetime that you're having right now is patience. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's the journey, not the destination. Okay. So if you can enjoy the journey, it'll be better for you than not enjoying the journey because you haven't reached your destination yet. Right. You know what I mean? I do. You're more vividly in the now moment if you're enjoying the journey to wherever you're getting rather than ignoring it or wait, waiting, wanting it to be over and wanting to be at the destination. Right. understand. So, um, and you know, I have one last question. And, and then I'll, oh, I can't I'll, do I'll that here. Up. I can't. I can't do, do that. You're taking up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to okay. do more readings with him, contact him on his website. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Dear. Good talking to you. You too. Yeah. I just with so many people in line, it's just like, oh, I hate doing that, but I have to have to go ahead and do that, or we're we're going to run out of time here. Oh, I know. I can't believe uh, we've already been talking for so long. I know. It's like. So that's why it's like trying to keep it down to, you know, a, little, a couple of questions. and Kind of hard, yeah. hard to say no. Hello, Deborah, you're on the air. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Hi, Victor. Hi, Michael. Hi, Deborah. Hello, dear. How can we help you? Um, my Gosh, I felt like I related so much to that lady. Um, just a lot of things that she was saying coincided with my life in the past two years. But my questions have to do with love also. Um, I'm currently single right now, and I'm wondering – when that special person, you know, lifetime partner is going to come into my life? Well, I'm going to tell you two things. Uh, not, I'm not going to answer that question yet, but I want to tell you my very first immediate impressions as I am tuning into you. Number one, I see an angel around you. Number two, I see a older male figure in your energy field. This will be a father or grandfather. He's very delightful. I really like this guy. He's uh, in a just uh, kind of in a in a space where he's just completely taking it easy. You know, he's got downtime. He's got time to rest, to read, to lie around, to just enjoy the day. And so, this to me is an ancestral figure in the spirit world that's in your space. And he makes me smile. I think he's got a delightful personality, uh, and he, and he feels very warm and affectionate toward you. Okay, so mm-hmm. and then the angel. Hmm? I said Who's I that? know exactly who that is. People have picked up on him before my grandfather. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and uh, you know he's a wonderful, warm, fuzzy, protective, loving presence in your life. You're very lucky to have him. He watches over you almost all the time. I mean, he watches over you while you're asleep, and then also uh, I can really. 
see why you really relate to the previous caller's situation. Because I think waiting and patience is a theme going on in your life as well. Isn't that right? Uh, I have been told by ex-boyfriends all the time that I'm very impatient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, patient in my professional life. Just impatient uh, in my personal life. You are patient uh, in your professional life and impatient Correct. in your personal life. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And so I think this is actually a really good time for you to kind of focus on home. Uh, I, I also see, again, I'm getting an image of you inviting someone over for dinner. It'll be one of those candle-lit dinners that you prepare. And uh, I'm also uh, feeling a little bit like even with that, you know, um, let's say you invite somebody over for dinner and uh, at the end of the evening, let's say this person you know, says good night and leaves, and you don't you don't end up making mad passionate love or you know jumping into a relationship. Uh, you might end up being quite impatient, but you know you've got to take it for what it is and take things actually very very slowly. I'm also feeling that you do have a little bit of a jealous side to you, and I think that that's something that you need to control because that could be a very destructive thing because when people are jealous their imaginations can play tricks on them and so they might think uh oh i like this guy and he's paying more attention to somebody else and you know i'm i'm getting upset so yeah you do have to be patient i really can understand that but i'm also getting an image and this is your grandmother must be on the other side too is that correct uh i have one grand yes One grandmother that's on the other side, because she is showing me the same scenario I just described, and and yet it has the outcome that you are indeed looking for. And I think you are going to meet a soulmate, and I think you're going to meet – it's going to be very exciting, because this will be somebody who's strong, uh, somebody that uh, you will respect and look up to. Uh, a very uh, bright, creative, talented, uh, multifaceted uh, quality individual, and you will just be thrilled. And, you know, this grandmother is just jumping for joy. So uh, love will indeed be coming your way. Now, uh, I don't see that happening uh, this year. I think that will probably be happening about a year from now. (laughs) I'm so impatient. <laughs> See? See, so patient is good because uh, you've you've got to focus on yourself right now. So this is a time for uh, spending a little time uh, maybe doing a little reading, doing a little research, uh, uh, maybe uh, doing nice things around the house, maybe cleaning, redecorating, uh, learning some new recipes. You know, uh, I also am sensing an animal. Do you have a cat or a dog? I do not, but I I want a cat. I've, yeah, I, I love I cats. See you, I see you getting a cat, and that's actually going to be a gift from another female in the spirit world. Uh, okay. There, uh, so you're going to be, and then I'm also getting an image of a giraffe, and that to me is a symbol of. This is a young giraffe, by the way. Uh, giraffes are 
one of the tallest animals on earth so they, they their heads are way up high so they can see far and wide and to me a giraffe image is a, an image about the future and so you do have a new future take the long road long range viewpoint and if you do everything is going to work out beautifully okay i, I see a wonderful life ahead of you you're going to have what you want Oh, that's that's perfect. Can you one question about physically? What does he look like? Or you don't see that? An impressive uh, fine figure of a man. Let's just put it that way. Very very uh, strong minded. Uh, uh, one of these people that are very successful, very sharp, makes good calls. When he says something, he means it. Uh, so you know he's got a sense of power behind mm-hmm. him. Now, may I ask your age? You you may, 44. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I'm slightly concerned about is your uh, circulatory system. Uh, any heart problems in the family? Um, in the family, but I'm in excellent health. I still I'm think like you one need of the... to... I still think that's something that you need to... Um, be mindful of because I feel that there is a, a potential for, for what is that? Is that a thrombosis where there's a thin part of one of the blood vessels and it could bubble up? Is that mm-hmm. what that's called? It's not called a th- thrombosis, but it's like a weakening of the vessels. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and you know, I there's a name for that. I forget what that what that's called. Do you know, Michael? Is that uh, is that an aneurysm, or it's where uh, there, there's a weak part in one of your uh, uh, blood vessels? Yeah, it so sounds that, like an aneurysm. Yeah, it could be an aneurysm. So uh, that's something that I think uh, needs to be, um, if at all possible, monitored. Nothing for you to freak out about, but, you know, um, if that sort of thing, if you're genetically predisposed, You'll want to make sure to be uh, get a checkup about that periodically. Okay. 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 Um, I I have my friend on uh, Nikki on the line. She wanted to ask you a question also. Is that right, Michael? Hi. Yep. That's fine. Hi, Victor. How are you? Hi, Nikki. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much, folks, for taking my call. Um, Victor, my question is similar to Deborah's about, you know, my love life. I've been single for quite some time as well, and um, I'm just looking to know when I will meet that lifetime partner and, you know, what he may possibly look like. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the first image I'm getting of you, Nikki, is that you are indeed stuck. Uh, And then I'm also feeling that there is negative energy being directed at you by an ex. Uh, Did you have a difficult relationship that may have had a a difficult end where this person might still be holding anger toward you? Um, My ex-husband, actually. Mm -hmm. Energetically, I think that uh, that's one of the reasons that you're stuck. Um, You know, uh, energy follows thought. Uh, And, you know, your husband may not be you know, a witch or know what he's doing. But uh, on, uh, since energy follows thought, 
I do feel as if he has uh, some malintent and certainly impatience and frustration toward you. And somehow I sense that he doesn't want you to move on. He doesn't want you to be happy or he wants you to suffer for, you know, what he perceives that you did to him. So I think that that energy needs to be cleared out. Um, now, how do you clear out some some of that sort of energy? I think there needs to be a gesture, uh, a, a sacrifice, a gift, you know, something that is offered to him, which is a gesture of reconciliation. Uh, let's say, for example, I'll give you an example, but this isn't, you know, to be taken specifically. But uh, let's say, for example, he feels as if you got more than you deserved or that you have something that he wanted to have. It might be worth it to break this, you know, it's a type of curse. I don't like using that kind of language, but uh, it's holding you back. So some sort of a, a, a gift, gesture, uh, ritual, offering is the word I'm looking for, some sort of an offering, like a peace offering, that will release that energy, and it may take more than one or two peace offerings. Because I think you're actually very confused in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Do you feel confused? Have you been in a state of confusion? And that includes not, emotionally. Not necessarily. Um, maybe a little confusion here and there, but... I think there's probably a little more than you're admitting to. <laughs> and then uh, also your aura colors are white, and there's a certain shade of yellow. Uh, the white is uh, a strong mother influence usually, and this particular shade of yellow is not an attractive shade of yellow, so it indicates uh, some sort of a... Uh, I guess you'd call it a, a negative emotional tendency. And here's what I think it is. It's what I call the regressive impulse. The regressive impulse is that energy that, you know, we all feel it from time to time. It's that energy that says, I just want to keep the covers over my head and not get up in the morning. I don't want to deal with this. You know, I just don't want to deal with life. And I think you've got some of that sort of energy. And so, um, and then, you know, so my advice to you, and this would benefit you if you could accomplish this, try to deal with things that come up directly. You have a tendency to uh, not deal with things directly. And sometimes if you don't deal with things, they can descend into more of a chaotic state where you lose control of the situation. Whereas if you're proactive and you deal with them directly and get them done and over with, you can kind of move on. Um, so I think that aside from the bond that your ex has upon you, I think that there are other limiting energies in your field uh, and the regressive impulse is one way to label them. And so you're going to have to try harder to go after what you want instead of giving up on it if it doesn't come to you easily. You know what I mean? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Okay, very good. Well, good luck. And just uh, give yourself a pep talk. Go for it. 
Keep your eyes wide open. Watch, see what's going on. Uh, And uh, when something that you want is within reach, grab it. Don't wait. (laughs) Okay. Okay? Do you see that lifetime partner or, or no? Not right now. Uh, it, it is not currently within view because uh, your your state of consciousness is like somebody who is on an island alone or in a prison alone. You know what I mean? You've got to free yourself from these limiting energies that are holding you back. Okay. Makes sense. Okay? Free yourself. And you can do that through prayer and, of course, the offerings. You know, sometimes a little ceremony it doesn't have to be anything formal. It could just be something spontaneous and creative where you're, you know, it's a form of prayer or, uh, you know, uh, kind of calling to the gods to free you from uh, this uh, dungeon that you're in uh, can help generate the type of energy that will indeed free you. I also think that uh, when it comes down to it, uh, forgive me, I don't mean to be critical, but I really think you have some growing up to do. You know what I mean? Now, you Mm -hmm. could be an old woman, uh, and you could still reach a higher level of maturity. I mean, maturity is an ongoing process. You know, you don't reach maturity at a certain age. No matter what level of maturity you're at, you can stand to be more mature. And I think that uh, uh, that's what I mean by that. Uh, Emotionally, there needs to be growth and maturity taking place within you. Okay. Okay? All right. Thank you. Okay. Sure. Good luck. They were wondering. It's like, oh, two calls at once. Like, yeah, they let me know ahead of time. They were actually doing a conference call with each other. Oh, okay. That's why we had this. She said her friend was on there. They let me know ahead of time. So. Yeah, I think when people are in, in negative states of consciousness, it's really important that they take really good care of their health. Uh, it's important that they... Uh, get the rest they need, eat good food, exercise, and uh, try to think good thoughts. Uh, read inspiring material. Uh, and, you know, I, I really feel with that last caller, she needs to shake it off, you know, shake off this wet blanket feeling so that she can move forward with her life. Yeah, it's a hard thing to do, but, um, you know, we can all, we've all had to do that at one point. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's amazing. You can be in that state of consciousness for years. You know, so, you know, uh, people do occasionally get stuck. Um, uh, but when you do notice that you're stuck, uh, there are uh, people that can help you. I mean, you know, that's, we, we need one another. I mean, I, I once in a while I, I run into people and, you know, they've got certain problems that they're dealing with, and, and I do advise them to seek professional help because a lot of times we need a helping hand because we're in a situation or a state of mind that we can't get ourselves out of on our own. You know, that's why there are professionals. That's why there are healers, therapists, uh, people who can guide you uh, because you you can't see, so you need a guide, you know, uh, just like a blind person uh, might need somebody to guide them through a treacherous uh, passage. Cool. Let's go ahead and bring, let me see, Linda, you're on the air. Oh. Hi, Michael. Hi, Victor. Thanks Hi, for Linda. Hi, How can we help you? Um, 
I, you know what, I, I'd like to know, Victor, if you see, uh, I've been married and divorced. I haven't been in a relationship for a long time. I've been working on myself. Do you see possibly uh, a relationship in my future or maybe uh, a committed relationship? Uh, yeah, I do see activity uh, in your future. Um, but, you know, I, I really do feel that there's a relocation in your future as well. Um, you know, this must be the theme of the day. I, I didn't check my um, astrological information for tonight, but uh, obviously every caller is somewhat stuck and somewhat bored. Uh, can you relate to that? Um, yes, but I'm working on it. I'm aware. I, I ask to be aware mm -hmm. of Sometimes I see. Know. Where do you live? Uh, what what part of the world are you in? I'm in Florida, and I'm. That's on the what East I thought. Coast. You're on the East yeah. Coast. Um, I think yeah. you're going to uh, end up uh, relocating to another part of Florida. I do see love in your life. Uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you ended up uh, relocating maybe a little south of where you are, and possibly even west of where you are. It's still it's going to be Southern Florida. Uh, and uh, from what I know of Florida, it looks like it'll be southwestern Florida. So I believe that's Naples, uh, Fort Myers area. I think uh, eventually you'll settle with a wonderful person there. Uh, the guy that I see you with uh, has a full head of brown hair. Uh, he seems uh, like a bright guy. Temperamentally, I do feel as if you will be uh, uh, well-suited to one another. Uh, and... Um, uh, I think it'll happen, but, uh, again, not this year, probably in about a year and a half or so. So you've got some exciting did, changes I, coming up. I did I did live in South Florida. I'm more, I like, uh, I, I don't like the congestion. Um, I felt very trapped. And when I was in South Florida, I came from Illinois to South Florida, and there was a lot of crime, and a lot of crime happened to me. Oh, uh, where were you, in Miami, or...? I was in Pompano Beach, and actually I was considered in a nicer area. I was on the intercoastal. Mm -hmm. But I literally had people waiting for me in the parking lot, not, you know, targeting me per se, but they, um, I was a victim more than once. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of gangs. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on all over the place. Um and uh, you'd really do have to be vigilant, but you know, in this this will be a, a this will be a different story. I, I do see you living near the beach. I see you uh, in a nice place. I see it being safe, uh, it, it, and I see prosperity also down the line through this new relationship. Well, so fun. I would give it. It's going to happen in less than two years. Can I ask you? I um I have a brother. He's not with me now. He's physically challenged. Uh, it's very important to me when I'm in a relationship, and he he's hard he's hard to get along with. He's very um, headstrong, but I feel it's my responsibility because my parents are deceased. Will this man accept him? Because uh, my brother can be a crumbum. He is a crumbum, but I are you a caretaker? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, are you I, your I brother's caretaker? I, well, I wasn't getting any money for taking care of him. I took care of him because I love him. Uh, but he did me wrong, so he's not living with me now. But eventually he's going to be coming back, and he is, in, he is confined to a wheelchair. 
Well, I think uh, uh, I think he's also got some psychological problems. Do you yes. know about that? I wasn't aware of it until after all my life savings was gone. What did he do? Oh, he 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 uh, he spent all your money, huh? Yes. No, this is going to be a very difficult person. Uh, don't let that happen again. Um, I almost i I kind of don't trust him. And you know, you don't want to say something about that. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say something about that. You know, because you feel sorry about somebody who's disabled. But uh, I I uh, I think this guy uh, is very strong-minded, very stubborn. Uh, and uh, don't be a victim. You've got to draw a line in the sand. You've got to protect yourself. You've got to set down some rules. If somebody uh, trespasses, if somebody uh, is uh, disrespectful, if somebody doesn't play by the rules, they're on their own. That's just the way it's going to have to be. You have to be careful because sometimes people can hang on and uh, it ends up being almost like an albatross around your neck. And, uh, you know, you've got to make these sorts of decisions on your own, but uh, I don't believe this is a situation where all of a sudden he's going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was, he's a charmer. You'd always say thank you to me. We, You know, I, I, I made uh, provided a good home for both of us, but then I lost my health and I lost my savings, and he's gone. Uh, it's just like like it's like a person I never knew. I mean, I really did. I took care of him because there was a lot of. Uh, I still love him, um, but it, the pain's still there. What he's done to me. I mean, I'm not a fool, but I'll allow him to come in and you know take charge of my money or anything. But you know what I'm saying? I, I I'm in shock. Well, um, he's uh, you know uh, he's essentially a selfish person. You know, he's out for himself. Okay. You're right. And that's not going to change. There's no remorse. But uh, what I'm saying, ultimately, I don't care if he comes back with me or not, but I still, as a human being, I um, he really can't take care of himself, so I know I'll always have to be, like, over his shoulder. But now I don't know if I really want him back home, but I would never close the door on him if he needed a place to stay. And that's what I'm afraid of, uh, because I've had relationships in the past, and he was such a tyrant that he just made – they didn't walk, they ran. <laughs> well, I don't think that's ever going to change uh, uh, at all. Uh, so I, I, uh, where is he now? I mean, I, you know, is he uh, – who's taking care of him now? He He's with the woman that he gave the money to that is a proclaimed school teacher, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, listen, don't let this guy back into your life. I mean, you could still love him. You could still support him. I wouldn't invite him back into your house. There's character defect here, and there is not at all a recognition of it on his part or remorse, and he's not no. going to change. He's always out for himself. It's always all about him. So you're better off without him. I mean, you know, you can't divorce your brother. I mean, you know, you've got some responsibility toward him, but... You know, don't be foolish in with this particular relationship. Otherwise, uh, he'll he'll just do the same thing again. Well, see, Victor, he never developed. He's about three feet tall. Uh, he's about eighty pounds. Um, 
And that's why I, 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 it's not, I, I know he's a man, but I look at him as a child. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just so you understand me, I am a very strong person, but I always look at him. I know he's a man, but I look at him so much as a child. He's so fragile and everything. I hear he what you're saying, him. but, uh, you know, again, uh, you're you're going to get the same thing. So you, it's, you're up to you to, to not uh, let that happen again. All right, then I'll just, okay, I know what you're saying. I'm just going to always, I can look over like I do now. I, it's hard, but I, I call him. I check up on him. I, you know, I don't want him to ever go hungry. Um, I just feel it's my personal responsibility because, my, like I said, my parents are deceased. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, okay. and, and I think you're doing all the right things. But, uh, again, uh, you know, you seem a little worn out, honey. I think you need some rest. Are you tired? Yeah, well, worn out in general, just from life. It, it to me, it feels like you need a need to lie on the beach or something, and just uh, you know, kind of cleanse your soul of all the wounds and chains that are, and all the heaviness that that's upon you. You need a good cry, is what you need. I think. I think you need I a, a catharsis. I, I cry every day, but I, I I smile to everybody. But when I'm alone, I cry, and I feel like I'm on a train, and I want to get off the train and just rest a while, but. I have responsibilities, and that's, you know, I, I had, there was a lot of things that I had to go through. Now, let me tell you something about that. Now, do you know about the work of Carolyn Mace? Have you heard of her? Um, no, I haven't heard of Carolyn Mace. She's a medical intuitive, uh, and uh, she's written a lot of books. She's really famous. And she says that, you know, we have a certain amount of energy, and, uh, and then uh, we feel responsibility toward other people, uh, obligations toward other people, and after a while, we're not even living our own lives anymore. You know, we're we're basically slaves to the people in our lives who are just draining us and using us, and you know, we have no energy left for ourselves. Your homework is to disconnect those cords that are plugged into you. It's almost like taking, uh, you know, uh, a vacuum cleaner cord and unplugging it from the wall socket. You know, you're the socket, you're the juice, you're the energy. And I think too much of your energy is being used up by other people, by obligations. You don't really have any joy left in your life. And so, in a sense, you've got to free yourself from all the ownership, all the claims that other people have laid on your energy field. I bet every day you're just dragging yourself through the day. You know, so I think it's it's time for you to stop being so nice and living your life as if it belongs to everybody else but you. I think you've got to reclaim your energy and start living for joy instead of uh, uh, for obligation or responsibility. That doesn't mean to become irresponsible, which I don't think you could do anyway. I think you, you know, sometimes nice girls finish last. I think you might be a little too nice. I think it's time for you to let your hair down and, you know, be slightly more rebellious, more free. You know what I mean? Yes, I've been, you know, I've been telling myself that the last couple of days. Uh, uh, I just, I, I know he's not going to go hungry. Um, don't worry about him. Yeah, uh, don't you worry know, about I, him. Well, He's I, you know, fine. I, cause I, 
he's a victim also, I understand that, but I've been thinking of the joys in my life that I want to start doing. But you are right, I'm just physically, emotionally, everything, I'm just completely You're spent. See, so it's almost like, uh, you know, trying to keep up with your bills every month, but you've got more bills than you've got money. Right now you've got too uh, much energy going out and not enough left over for you at the end of the month or at the end of the day. That's got to stop. So it's time for you to be just a little more selfish uh, in a good way uh, because, you know, your life belongs to you. You know, God gave it to you. It, It didn't give it to your brother or to, you know, your boss or to anybody else. You know, ultimately your life is yours, and you've got to start realizing that. I've been cleaning up the mess. See, it was more than just my life savings. This woman was so shrewd. She was using the credit cards, and she had my brother uh, sign a sheet that authorized her. They they hit me every way they could. They even tried flooding the house. I mean, it's so bizarre. Uh, and this was a woman that I actually detoxed. Um, well, I so, think yeah. she's uh, got a lot of... Uh... Uh, evil energy, uh, manipulation, um, she's not to be trusted. She's a sociopath. But why in the world did you let all that happen? I mean, come on, stop. She was so cunning, and I'm actually ashamed of myself that I didn't see it. Uh, you got to learn so from cunning. your mistakes. Don't let it happen I again. I certainly did. I thought, I thought she looked at people the way I did. When I see somebody physically challenged or someone that's struggling and going through their trials and tribulations, I show sympathy, empathy, whatever I can do to help them. And that's how I thought. My brother at one time was a good soul, but when they just when they got together, they were like dynamite. And I didn't see it. I did not see it. She she said everything I wanted to hear. That's the, that's the best way I could. Well, you fell into a trap. I mean, you know, this was an intentional setup, and you fell into it. And, you know, there are bad people in the world, and this is one of them. Don't let it happen again. No, it will never happen again, and I, I won't even, I don't even want to be in the same room as her. I have never even been in their home. Uh, I am moving on. Like I said, the responsibility, I know she's going to kick him to the curb. I will never let him go hungry or homeless, but I do want to live my life and have joy with the, the what's left of my life. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, as a human being, I, he is still a human being. I don't like what he's done to me, but. I think uh, also, uh, your name's Debbie, I think, or Deborah. I think. No. Uh, uh, huh? My name is Linda. I'm sorry, Linda. Um, The way you relate to people is essentially uh, dysfunctional. So uh, you've got to relate to people as equals. Uh, You know, I think you you try too hard. You give too much. Uh, You know what I mean? You've got to be able to tell where the appropriate – balances and just say no. I understand that now. Yes, that was one of my lessons I learned. Yeah, that's a big lesson, and it's still there. So uh, next time the opportunity comes to say no, you know, uh, prove that you learned the lesson by saying no and and walking away. 
Yes, I, I did learn that, believe it or not, and I, I catch myself where I want to go right back in the same mode when it goes to my brother, like I'll worry, you know, do he have the proper shoes and everything for his feet? Well, I think, I think, I think, listen to me, Linda, you are delaying your own uh, happiness uh, by doing that because uh, uh, essentially I think you might be shy, you might be lacking confidence, uh, it might be difficult for you to really establish new relationships, and so you're basically using this for an excuse for your own um uh i guess uh deficits when it comes to uh being able to form new relationships new connections okay so stop using that as an excuse that's really what it is it's an excuse for your own um uh being shy being introverted having a lack of confidence you've got to develop a more social confidence and i i highly recommend that you um, stop giving as much as you do. It's it's way out of balance. So that's why you have a tendency to have unbalanced relationships. And the same thing happens over and over again. So, you know, you've just got to uh, evaluate every relationship you get into to make sure that it's 50-50, okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're- Thank you for your time, Mr. You're Thank so you, welcome, Linda. Okay, You're take welcome, care. Linda. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Michael. Can I continue to listen, Michael? Can you mute me? Sure. Yep. Oh, it seems like we've run out of time tonight. Yes, uh, my clock just rolled over to midnight. Yes. So it's been a pleasure having you uh, with us tonight, and hopefully I can get you back on the show again soon. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with you, Michael. Uh, thanks so much for having me as a guest tonight. Oh, like I said, I'd love to have you back on again uh, anytime. And, uh, you know, when you come back down here to Florida, let me know, and uh, maybe we'll hook up and go do dinner. I'd love that, and I will do that. And I'm sure I'll be down uh, back down to Florida within the next couple months. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you again real soon. Okay, Michael. Take care. Many blessings. And what's your website again real quick? Uh, you can find me on victoryoflight.com. You can also check out victorperuta.com, and that's P-A-R-U-T-A. And if you can't remember that, go to cincinnatipsychic.com. So hopefully you'll remember one of those URLs, and it'll uh, my website will have all my contact information on it. And anybody who's listening in the Cincinnati area, uh, the Victory of Light Expos this weekend at the Sharonville Convention Center. Cool. Well, I'm sure you'll have a lot of people that uh, were listening in tonight seeing over there at the Expo saying, hey, I heard you on the radio. <laughs> cool. That'll be wonderful. Okay, Michael, okay, well, we'll thanks talk so much. Soon. Okay, great take night. care. Bye-bye. And don't forget, everyone, uh, at, follow us here on uh, Blog Talk Radio because they don't do friends anymore. So you can go ahead and follow us, get updates as to uh, when the shows are. Click on the links, find my Facebook page and fan page and all, stay updated what's going on. And uh, don't forget to visit my website also, bethelightchapel.com. And uh, if you want a private reading with me also, visit bethelightmetaphysicalshop.com. And until Thursday night, everyone, have a special guest for that night. So uh, we'll talk to you Thursday. So remember, if you haven't heard it yet, you are loved because God loves you and so do I.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.